Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today, we will highlight a junior mining exploration company that has been quietly unlocking mineral value in Argentina. I'm speaking of Abra Plata Resource Corp, trading on the TSXV symbol ABRA and on the OTCQB symbol ABBRF. Joining us for a conversation is Willem Fuchter. He is the president and CEO of Aberplata Resource Corp. Before we begin, allow me to convey to our listeners that Aberplata Resource Corp is a sponsor of Proven and Probable and that we are proud shareholders of Aberplata Resource Corp for the virtues we will convey in today's message. Mr. Fuchter, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you very much for having me, uh, uh, Maurice. I'm looking forward to talking to you, both you and your listeners. And I would like to start off uh, by uh, wishing you all a very uh, festive uh, season. And I look forward to uh, following up uh, with you for your listeners in the, in the, in the 2018. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you as well. Willem, for first-time listeners, who is Abra Plata Resource Corp? And what is the thesis you're attempting to prove? Well, as you mentioned, Aberplata is a brand new company. Um, we're not even eight months old yet. We came out of the gates uh, on the TSXV in uh, late April. And uh, um, our principal project, which is the Diablijos uh, Silver Gold project in northwestern Argentina, um, is a what we believe is an exceptional property. And I think this project alone not only underpins our current share price, uh, but it's going to support a share price much higher than uh, we currently enjoy. And uh, um, not only do we have this principal project, but we've got uh, enormous growth potential. Uh, first of all, there's organic growth on the Diablesius property itself, our principal project. Uh, but on top of that, we've got three porphyry projects, uh, uh, copper, gold, molly porphyry projects, all in Argentina. And, uh, and so we see an opportunity to see some tremendous growth possibilities um, with the rest of our portfolio as well. Now, for our subscribers, we wanted to share the Aberplata Resource Corp story with you because we believe that Aberplata's expansive portfolio has enormous value that luckily, and I state this luckily for our listeners, the market has not recognized. Mr. Fuchter, let's do a compare and contrast for someone new to the story. Per ounces in the ground, how is the company trading relative to its peers? Well, um, thank you for mentioning that. It's certainly been one of our uh, uh, bugbears that we have not yet received uh, the recognition of the mar in the marketplace um, of the tremendous uh, value that um, I think our portfolio brings to the company. Um, we uh, believe that a lot of that is because we're completely uh, uh, unknown to most uh, of your listeners at this moment in time, being a, a, being an, uh, essentially a new company. Um, we're currently trading under $10 an ounce in the ground. Our principal project, the Oblegios, um, uh, we have an, uh, an indicated resource of 1.9 million ounces gold equivalent. It's actually a, a, a silver uh, a, a gold deposit rather than a gold deposit, but we're casting it as uh, um, gold equivalent just so that you can get some idea when comparing it to some of the other uh, gold-rich uh, uh, precious metal uh, deposits. Um, so we're, we're currently trading at uh, about $10 an, an ounce in the ground, whereas many of our peers, companies with resources in the ground, uh, with the same sort of market cap uh, uh, range that we have, um, they're, they're uh, um, on average um, trading at about $60 an ounce in the ground. Um, in our peer group uh, uh, universe, we also have two other companies that have got resources in Argentina, and they're trading at $60 an ounce in the ground and $54 an ounce in the ground, respectively. And so you can see, A, what tremendous opportunity there is uh, for uh, growth in the share price in Abra Plata, but also, quite importantly, that uh, um, those companies that operate in Argentina do not have much of a jurisdictional discount, uh, given that the two company, other companies that are in Argentina are trading very close to 
the uh, uh, um, group averages uh, as a whole at, at close to $60 an ounce. Well, that certainly is trading at a discount uh, relative to your peers. Now, let's find out why this is the case. Your projects, they're located in Argentina. Willem, for listeners that may not be, or may be a little apprehensive, I should say, with regards to Argentina, is this a good jurisdiction to be in? Uh, very much so now. It wasn't in the past, and uh, I'm sure that many of your listeners will know um, that uh, um, two years ago, um, we had a change in administration here in Argentina. Prior to that, Argentina was considered a bit of a pariah and uh, did not have access to uh, uh, international markets, and so things were economically quite slow here. With the uh, um, arrival of the new administration in, uh, in 2016, um, what we've seen is a lot of the uh, problems that uh, um, Argentina was facing uh, 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 due to the uh, uh, actions of the previous administration, um, those have all been uh, um, uh, settled and uh, the direction that this new administration has uh, taken certainly is giving a lot of uh, international investors uh, uh, room for thought and a lot of uh, companies are either coming back to Argentina or, uh, um, or are starting to invest in Argentina. Um, I think this has been uh, particularly well confirmed by the fact that we've just uh, had uh, uh, midterm elections here in October this year and the current administration has uh, um, uh, been returned to uh, Congress with even more uh, um, uh, representatives than it did at the initial uh, um, election uh, two years ago. So that all bodes well for the, uh, 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 I think, for both the project and ourselves. Um, I also think that, uh, that what large changes we see here in Argentina is that local investors are now putting money into Argentina as well as into the mining industry. Um, Argentina does not have a long history of mining. Uh, really, mining took off here in the 1990s and uh, most of the mining uh, investment was undertaken by foreign companies. We started start to see changes there and a lot of uh, Argentine businesses are now seeing the opportunities um, in, in mining and are starting to focus on mining. So um, I think that bodes very well for uh, the future of mining in Argentina. I have a multi-layered question here for you. Give us the name again of the flagship project and what part of Argentina that is located in, but also give us some historical references. Our principal project, as I mentioned, is called Diablillos. It's an epithermal uh, silver uh, uh, gold deposit that's located in the, in, the, in the province of Salta in northwest Argentina. Um, now, many of your listeners may know that uh, um, the Fraser Institute um, of Vancouver in, in, uh, in, in, in Canada has an annual survey where they look at the perception of the various mining jurisdictions throughout the whole world. Salter currently enjoys the, position, the, uh, the, the prime position of being the most uh, um, mining investment friendly province of all the mining provinces in Argentina. And it's well deserved because they are very supportive of mining and they have uh, put in a lot of infrastructure to support mining. So I think that's, uh, um, th that's pretty exciting uh, uh, for us. Salta um, lies in northwest Argentina, and uh, the project itself lies in the region called uh, uh, the Puna, which uh, many people uh, know as the, uh, um, through the Bolivian term Altiplano. It lies at 4,000 meters above uh, sea level and um, it's sort of basin and range type of uh, topography, much like what you get in, in, in Nevada, except perhaps a little higher. Um, it's high plains desert, so there's not much, much precipitation. Um, as a consequence, during the winter, there's very little snow, so we have access to the project uh, um, uh, throughout the, the whole year, and we, we can work uh, um, uh, uh, at the project all year round. So, that's, uh, that's also a, a, a strong positive. There's a good network of uh, roads in the, uh, um, uh, in the area, albeit all-weather all uh, uh, gravel roads. 
and uh, um, we're lucky enough that we're, we're in an existing mining camp, and the importance of that is the fact that that mining camp over the years has dragged a lot of uh, infrastructure uh, um, uh, with it. Um, and for example, I mentioned uh, Salta uh, being a very supportive uh, uh, province. The Salta government actually put in a, um, a north-south gas pipeline uh, providing uh, a, a gas to the various uh, um, operations that exist in the mining camp. Most of those operations are, are either lithium or uh, borate uh, operations, um, but in their wisdom, the government also put a number of tee-offs on that pipeline where there were advanced projects, and there is actually a tee-off allocated to Diablijos. So, as you can see, there's, good, there's relatively good infrastructure although it is up at, uh, at 4,000 meters above sea level. Now, we also have a 43-101 compliant resource. Give us the details on that. And the 43-101 uh, resource uh, um, uh, was completed in, uh, in November 2016 um, as part of our listing uh, requirements uh, um, for the TSXV and was undertaken by Roscoe Postal Associates uh, of uh, Toronto who are uh, an, an independent uh, third-party um, specialist company that does a lot of uh, uh, resource estimation and uh, um, due diligence work, particularly for banks and for other companies and so on. Um, so uh, that's a fairly comprehensive document, and you can find it either on SEDAR or we've also posted it on our uh, website for uh, um, uh, those people who uh, might be interested to uh, look at that. Um, that uh, report has indicated that there are some 27.7 million tons um, of uh, uh, indicator resources um, grading at 91.2 grams per ton silver and 0.85 grams per ton gold containing some 83 million ounces of silver and 755,000 ounces of gold or if you want to cast it as uh, a gold equivalent, 1.9 million ounces of gold equivalent. And for those silver buffs, uh, it's about 140 million ounces uh, of uh, silver. So you can see the quality of that uh, resources is, is quite considerable. And uh, um, it's worthwhile just reflecting on some of the, the uh, um, uh, resources uh, um, and reserves from individual mines uh, um, by some of the mid-tier silver companies, and you can see that uh, that uh, um, Diablijos is up there in the top quartile of uh, deposits in terms of its size. So you can see for our subscribers, uh, based on the value proposition here, we have a resource. The numbers are fascinating, and the market cap is not uh, reflective of what we're discussing here today. Talk to us about the organic growth. Well, most of the resources, in fact, all the resources, and, and I talk only of indicated resources, uh, because the indicated resources are all captured by a pit shell, right? So everything above the pit shell is, lies in the uh, uh, indicated resource category. There are some inferred resources, some of which lie below the, uh, uh, um, the, the pit shell. So at this moment in time, you don't really consider it, and we r really only talk about the indicated resources, because those are the ones that are are, are at this moment in time uh, going to be available for mining. And, uh, uh, and I think it's important for you to understand that uh, um, we're talking about indicated resources, not total resources. And the 1.9 million ounces gold equivalent refers to the indicated resources. Now, all of these resources um, are located in a single deposit which we call Oculto. We have been drilling off uh, an, an, uh, a satellite deposit 600 meters to the uh, to the west of Oculto, and uh, um, we have drilled off some additional resources. And the drilling has also indicated that those resources are structurally connected to Oculto. So that's quite interesting. Now, in addition to and this this uh, this satellite deposit is called Phantasma. Now, in addition to Phantasma, there's another eight satellite deposits on the property. The property is large. It's uh, some uh, uh, um, uh, 8,000 uh, 8, uh, hectares. 
um, or 80 square kilometers. So north-south it runs about nine kilometers and east-west it runs about nine kilometers. So it's a fairly large uh, uh, property and um, there are these other eight uh, um, satellite deposits in addition to Phantasma and Oculto. Uh, now, many of these are much smaller than Oculto. Oculto seems by, by far to be the largest uh, uh, deposit. And most of those uh, um, deposits have one or two drill holes in them. So we've intersected mineralization above cutoff uh, grades and over mineral widths in all of these uh, 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 satellite deposits. So the, the organic growth possibilities on the property are quite uh, uh, exceptional. Not only has, uh, has Roscoe Postal Associates, who did the original uh, um, uh, resource estimate in, in 2016, indicated that there is potential to increase the resource in the occult deposit because of the density of drilling. There's been a lot of drilling done on the property. There's been some 85,000 meters of drilling done in uh, um, over 400 uh, drill holes. And most of those are in the occult deposit. But nevertheless, when you take an, when you when you want to move an indicated resource to a measured resource, which is the next step that we have to take, um, we have to increase the density uh, of the drill holes. And Roscoe Postle has indicated in the in the report that there are opportunities where there are holes in the in in, in the uh, uh, drill data um, to increase that. Moreover, we recently had uh, a consulting uh, a consulting geologist who's an expert on epithermal and porphyry uh, 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 deposits and he spent five weeks on the property re-logging some of the keyholes, remapping many of the outcrops on the property and he has identified a high-grade gold-rich zone at the bottom of the current uh, uh, um, uh, pit shell indicating considerable opportunity to have a gold-rich uh, uh, um, portion uh, added to the, um, uh, to, to the silver-gold mix in the occult deposit. Um, and here he has indicated that there is some zonation in the, uh, in the deposit. Um, the feeder veins that, um, that, that uh, lie underneath the deposit tend to be gold and copper-rich. When you get into the bottom of the deposit, they tend to be gold rich. In the bulk of the deposit, they silver gold, and the top of the deposit, they silver rich. So he's, in, he's indicated huge uh, opportunity to really add significantly to the gold content of the, uh, the uh, uh, deposit at the bottom of the uh, deposit, but above the, uh, um, the, pit, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the pit shell. So, uh, um, we're really quite excited about the organic growth uh, potential and uh, um, we are pushing the the uh, um, project through the various stages of feasibility but at the same time we're going to be drilling doing a lot of drilling both in the occulto deposit as well as in the satellite deposits so what you're going to see in the future I believe is that as we move from a preliminary economic assessment through to pre-feasibility study, through to the definitive uh, feasibility study, is that you're going to start seeing not only the development aspect being uh, uh, being progressed, but also an increase in the uh, um, in the uh, um, uh, um, the indicated resources from the property. Well, the story just gets better and better. What well, is we're, the? We're, we're pretty excited, and uh, <laughs> we, we certainly hope that. Uh, um, we can uh, uh, we can get uh, your listeners uh, excited about this too. Well, some mutual excitement here. Uh, what is the current status of the PEA? Well, we've been working on the PEA since about September, and uh, um, both Roscoe Postle and Associates, who are the lead consultants, uh, uh, um, they're looking after the uh, mining aspects of it. So they're looking at the new pit design, the mine planning, the mine scheduling and all aspects of uh, 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 bringing mineable material to the, to the uh, plant head. And then we've got GR Engineering from Perth, Western Australia, who's looking at the, uh, um, looking at the 
processing uh, um, uh, aspects of the uh, DEA. They are looking at the design of the flow sheet and they're looking at all the infrastructure that's required to uh, support a, a plant uh, uh, there. Um, that, P, that PEA is quite well advanced and we're expecting it to come out late January, early February. So probably early February is uh, uh, probably a more conservative and more accurate uh, uh, um, estimate of when that's going to be ready. Now, upon completion of the PEA, how aggressive will Abraplata be on conducting a pre-feasibility and then conversely a feasibility study? Well, um, uh, first of all, uh, this PEA is not going to be a stock standard PEA. It's actually a little bit more than a PEA because uh, um, Silver Standard Resources, uh, uh, the company that we acquired the project from, they had done quite a lot of uh, work uh, towards the PEA, a lot of the metallurgical test work. Uh, they drilled water, uh, water wells, uh, tested those. They've done uh, a lot of geotechnical work. We've added to that with uh, um, additional, uh, um, uh, additional metallurgical test work and uh, uh, um, done some more work on the infrastructure. So um, I think it's going to be a lot more than just uh, an, an ordinary PEA. And that bodes well for being able to finish the pre-feasibility study, and, and we'll be sliding directly into that pre-feasibility study, which we hope will be com completed in the third quarter of 2018. Then we'll go on to the definitive uh, uh, st study, and we hope to have that finished a year later, in June, July uh, 2019. And the reason why we want to get it done then is because our uh, um, our agreement with uh, our uh, uh, agreement with the Silver Standard um, uh, requires that we make the next large payment to Silver Standard for the acquisition of the, the, the property in November 2019. So we'll have finished the definitive study by June, July 2019. So we're ready to uh, uh, make the decision to pay the, 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 the five million, which is then due in November 2019. Switching gears onto copper projects. Now, Willem, just, just alone, what we've heard today is quite impressive and eye-opening, but Abraplata has three blue sky copper projects. What can you share with us? Well, uh, we certainly, uh, we, we certainly uh, um, are, are quite excited about those as well. They're not as advanced as the uh, uh, Abusius, and of course the Abusius is where we're taking most of our uh, um, energy, uh, both uh, with respect to uh, uh, um, technical resources as well as financial resources. But we do have three uh, um, uh, copper, gold, money uh, uh, projects as well. One of them, interesting enough, actually lies on the Diablesius property. And this is a copper, gold, dayside porphyry, um, where two drill holes have intersected values of uh, 0.87 grams per ton over 31 meters in the carapace overlying the uh, dayside porphyry and, uh, and, and and good copper grades as you go in from the carapace into the dayside porphyry itself. So that's quite, excite uh, 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 quite exciting. Um, we've had quite a lot of interest from uh, uh, large base metal companies who've uh, requested uh, um, uh, to look uh, at signing uh, confidentiality agreements with a view to seeing if they can assist with further development of that porphyry. Likewise, we've got the cementer, uh, uh, copper, molly, gold uh, uh, porphyry, which lies also in the Salta province, some 50 kilometers due south of the great Takataka porphyry deposit, which uh, you might recall in 2014 was sold by Lumina Copper to First Quantum for 470 million US dollars. So it's quite a considerable uh, uh, deposit that. It's got some 21 billion pounds of copper as a resource. And uh, First Quantum is uh, uh, continuing with the feasibility study with a view to put it into production in the next three, uh, two or three years. Cementa uh, um, uh, is also very close to the Rio Grande uh, uh, um, porphyry copper uh, uh, deposit of Regulus. Um, as well as the uh, Fortuna's Lindero Copper Gold uh, uh, project, which Lindero is currently uh, uh, finalizing um, their 
their feasibility with a view of putting that in production probably sometime next year. Um, so that's that's in a good camp, and uh, um, there are some drill holes in that uh, property already. It's a cluster of two. It's got two specific uh, and independent uh, uh, porphyry uh, intrusions. Both are mineralized. Both have got good geophysics. And uh, some drill holes and trenches and surfaces indicated that you uh, uh, um, that uh, uh, that there is mineralized material above a cut of grade and over minor uh, uh, widths on the property. So our idea there is to do some deep penetrating uh, geophysics because Takataka was a fairly modest porphyry at surface and was only when they did the deep drilling that they really intersected some really, really good numbers. And what we're hoping to be able to show is by doing the deep penetrating geophysics, you know, using systems like Orion or uh, um, those type of things, where you, you can look down uh, over, over a kilometer and uh, and then we're going to try and see if we can get an, a senior uh, industry partner to come in and assist with the further development of uh, that. But our most exciting uh, porphyry project is the Cerro Amarillo uh, project, uh, which is in, in, uh, in Mendoza province uh, um, in west central um, Argentina. It lies in a camp of behemoth uh, uh, porphyry projects, um, um, I think typified by the El Teniente uh, project in a uh, deposit in uh, in uh, uh, Chile. The El Teniente is the largest underground copper mine in the world, and in past production and current uh, reserves, it's got 171 billion pounds of uh, 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 copper. It's enormous. It's really behemoth, not giant, not super giant, really behemoth. Um, and we are in the same uh, 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 um, our property is uh, hosted by the same Neogen Belt of Volcanics, uh, 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 which uh, also hosts uh, El Teniente and the Los Bronces and uh, Los Palambres and the Altara deposit. All uh, they all have the same geological age, around about six to seven million uh, uh, years in age, um, and the intrusions are very similar. Like all these other behemoth projects uh, properties. It's not a single uh, porphyry project. We've actually got five uh, um, individual porphyries on the project. The project area is 168 square kilometers, some 14 kilometers uh, uh, east-west and 12 kilometers north-south. Again, a fairly large uh, uh, property, and there's five individual porphyry uh, uh, intrusions on there. All of them got excellent geochem at surface, uh, we've, ma we've mapped mineraliza copper mineralization at surface on four of them, and we've done geophysics on two of them, which uh, indicate that this chargeable material lying below copper mineralization mapped at surface. So that one is ready to drill, and again, uh, as a small company, we don't have the financial uh, uh, wherewithal to be able to uh, um, uh, do justice to a property that's got five porphyries on it. And so we're looking for a senior partner to assist with that. And that really sticks with the theme here of unlocking mineral value in Argentina. Let me ask you this for clarification. Are there any reversionary interests on these projects? No, we, uh, um, we have uh, 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 rights to 100% uh, um, of these uh, properties. Um, uh, in the case of Diablijos, we acquired that from Silver Standard um, for uh, payments of uh, $15 million spread over five years. As I mentioned earlier on, uh, we have a $5 million payment uh, due in, um, in in November 2019 or at backable document, wherever comes first. And uh, we have our final payment of $7 million uh, due um, at start of construction or June uh, or November 2021, whichever uh, uh, comes first. Uh, with Cementa, we have uh, access to the mineral rights through an, uh, um, through an option agreement with the underlying owners, and likewise uh, um, with uh, um, Cerro Marillo. 
Now, is the goal here to build a full production mine on these projects, or are we looking for arbitrage? Well, our expertise uh, and our experience is more in the exploration and development side, and um, I suspect that uh, we would look for a, a mid-tier company uh, who has got a track record of mining, particularly in Latin America, um, to see if we would not combine uh, um, with one of those companies at the time when it comes to uh, uh, put these projects into uh, production. All right. Looking at your capital expenditures, uh, talk to us about infrastructure on these projects. Well, um, of course, I think the, the one that's most relevant is uh, Diablesius. I've mentioned uh, um, some of the uh, uh, um, infrastructure aspects uh, for Diablesius. I think the most important thing is that energy seems to be uh, not a problem because we've got that uh, gas pipeline uh, uh, with a T-off uh, uh, um, allocated to uh, Diablesius. Um, there's a good network of uh, roads there. So the standard uh, uh, drilled a number of... Uh, water wells and um, Mike Pissolt who did the test work on those, pumping tests and so on, they've indicated that uh, um, the water from the groundwater resources um, are sufficient in quantity and quality to support mining operations uh, on, on the uh, uh, property. And then I think the final most important aspect for uh, development of uh, mining operations there is the terrain. Despite the fact that we're up at 4,000 meters, the uh, terrain is uh, relatively benign, and there's plenty of space to put uh, um, tenings, uh, storage facilities, uh, waste dumps, um, plant, and uh, and and and, uh, um, and and a mining camp. Um, Night Peasold in the past has done compaction tests in, in some of these areas. And we know that uh, uh, that uh, the uh, soils and uh, um, are going to be able to support uh, uh, um, tenning storage facilities and and uh, um, waste dumps, and of course there's plenty of flat, flat area where we can we, we can put the processing facilities down. So I think that those three important uh, 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 aspects of mine development are. Uh, uh, you know, give us a, a good uh, feeling of comfort, and I think that uh, your listeners will be able to see that um, in the PEA when that comes out in uh, in, in early February. I have a uh, off balance sheet question here for you. How about community relations? Um, Eugenio uh, uh, Ponte, who's our uh, senior VP, uh, he specialises in in. Uh, um, in, in community relations, and he does all the, not only the community relations, but also the government relations for us. Um, Eugenio is an Argentine national. Um, he's been in the mining business for uh, over 20 years. Um, he's managed uh, 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 mining operations in, in Jujuy, the province to the north of uh, uh, Salter. And uh, he's done a lot of work in Peru, where uh, in difficult areas, uh, um, with indigenous uh, uh, tribes and uh, has managed always to get the, uh, the permits uh, uh, for operating there, as well has actually been invited onto some tribal lands to look at exploration. So we're lucky that we've got the, uh, both the people who are experienced with, uh, um, with community relations, uh, but importantly, in Salta province, up in the Puna, there are very few communities because it's uh, it's fairly remote and uh, up high, and those communities that do uh, uh, exist there are largely uh, employed in the mining industry, particularly in the uh, borate operations and the lithium operations. So I don't see that uh, uh, we're going to have any problems whatsoever uh, with respect to community relations. We've covered the latent material on the ground. Let's discuss what I consider the most important aspect, and that is the people. Who is on your board of directors, and what makes them qualified for the task at hand? Um, let's start with the chairman, uh, Anand Sabaja. 
he's an Argentine national. Um, he's also uh, um, one of the top mining lawyers in, in Argentina. And he served on the uh, local boards of uh, such companies as uh, uh, Barrick, uh, Pan American Silver. Uh, uh, he's done work for most of the majors and just about all the juniors that have passed uh, through, uh, uh, through here. Uh, Silver Standard, uh, Troy Resources, uh, you, you name it, he's just uh, just been uh, been uh, working on that. Um, he was also the the the, the uh, um, director who uh, was able to solve the problem that vexed uh, Silver Standard for so many years, and that was uh, the overlapping mineral rights uh, owners uh, in uh, in Diablesius which was solved in August this year, as you can probably uh, read in one of our uh, press releases from that time. Um, so we're very fortunate to have uh, 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 um, Anand uh, as chairman. Um, he works, uh, uh, he's executive chairman, so he, he actually spends a lot of time working, uh, uh, working directly for the company. Uh, we're also lucky to have uh, people like Dave Doherty, um, who's uh, a well-known uh, uh, personality in the um, in, in the financial community out of Vancouver, and Dave was responsible for raising the RTO money of some 3.8 million dollars in uh, April this year. Um, Dave's uh, recently uh, raised about 75 million dollars for various other uh, uh, companies. So I think we enjoy um, the ability uh, the, 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 to have someone like Dave who has the ability to uh, raise money for us. Um, John DeCumen is the Silver Standard representative on our board. Um, Silver Standard owns 19.9% of the company um, as part of the acquisition uh, of uh, Diablesos. And so he, he is vice president of uh, business development for, uh, for, for Silver Standard. And it's, uh, we're getting a lot of support from Silver Standard. So we're very happy to have John on the board. Uh, we have Eduardo Perlitz from uh, Miami in the United States, um, who uh, also sits on our board. Eduardo is a well-known uh, uh, mineral property broker. Uh, he's broken a number of mineral properties in Mexico and uh, in, and, and in many countries in South, in South America. Many of those uh, deposits on, are, are now being mined. So it's good to uh, have him on the uh, on, on the board as well. Tell us about Willem Fuchter, the CEO. What unique skill sets does he bring to the table? Um, I'm a geologist by uh, by training. Um, I uh, grew up in Africa. My father was a geologist, and so I grew up in uh, mining camps and exploration uh, uh, tented uh, villages uh, um, in, in, in Africa. And so perhaps not surprising that in the end, uh, um, the lifestyle was particularly attractive to me, and so I ended up uh, doing uh, geology as well. Uh, my father uh, worked for uh, many companies, one of them which was Falconbridge Gold, and uh, he, uh, his advice was for me to uh, um, at least go and uh, do some studies in Canada. He felt that Canadians weren't necessarily the best geologists in the world, they certainly were very good explorers. I took his advice and I did my master's and PhD in Canada and I certainly uh, have to agree with him that uh, Canadians uh, certainly are talented uh, explorationists and I've, uh, I've been fortunate to work, uh, uh, do a considerable amount of work in Canada and uh, um, have uh, appropriated some of their exploration methodologies if you will. Um, I'm also lucky that I've uh, worked in Africa, in Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and uh, have been able to uh, visit uh, many, uh, 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 visit and work on many deposits. Um, and I think this gives you, uh, this gives you uh, certainly the ability to uh, um, look at geological data and see things in, in, in different environments and saying, wow, I've seen that before, that's something we've got to chase. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I consider myself very fortunate that I've had, been able to have that experience. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you know you've been a, a, a world traveler. I would say, talk to us about uh, what languages do you speak as well? 
Well, I, uh, uh, I, I'm actually Dutch by origin, so obviously I speak Dutch. Um, Dutch is very similar to Afrikaans, so I spoke uh, Afrikaans in, in, in uh, Africa. Um, of course, I've been living here in, in uh, Argentina for uh, close on uh, over 15 years. And so uh, um, I've added Spanish uh, to that. And uh, I'm afraid uh, I'm kind of exhausted when it, uh, <laughs> when it comes to other... Uh, um, I worked for a while in China, but was not able to pick up uh, Chinese except for a few words. Well, we won't hold that against you. Now, should something happen to you in your absence, who will lead the company? Oh, I think that uh, um, we've got uh, uh, we've got a very competent team of uh, uh, local geologists as well as uh, international consultants. Um, uh, we've been working together, uh, both uh, the people in the company as well as the consultants that uh, we use for uh, the last 10, 15 years on, in, in various other companies on various projects throughout the world. Um, so I have uh, no doubt that my colleagues, Nana Nogenio and uh, uh, the rest of the board um, will uh, competently be able to, uh, uh, um, to uh, carry on uh, um, uh, uh, without me. What about your technical team? Tell us about them. Um, well, I, I, I've mentioned in, in Nick Tate and, uh, and, and the work that he's done uh, in the past with us, uh, in particular the, the, uh, the, five, the five weeks he spent recently at uh, Diablizos remapping and relogging uh, uh, Nick Tate's an Australian. Uh, we've been working together since 2007 and uh, um, he's worked with us in, in, in uh, a lot of countries in South America, um, in, uh, in Ecuador, in Peru. Uh, here in Argentina, he in fact discovered three of the uh, porphyries on our Serra Marijo uh, uh, um, deposit. Only two were known to us at the time, and his uh, mapping, uh, boot leather, and hammer skills uh, brought in another another three uh, porphyries. Um, he's the one that's uh, identified the uh, the uh, uh, the deep gold zone at uh, Diablijos and he's put together a geological technical narrative uh, that uh, uh, really holds together well for Diablijos. And so uh, he spends a lot of uh, uh, time coming, he comes here two or three times a year um, on, the, uh, uh, on, on, the, on the locally uh, uh, we have uh, Jose Antonio Ciris who uh, uh, I first met in Ecuador when I was working there and uh, he and I have been working together uh, since then. And he's highly skilled uh, uh, GIS uh, operator, so he's uh, basically our manager of all, all the data, uh, but has considerable uh, field experience, and he uh, organizes and arranges uh, um, all the uh, uh, um, all, all the uh, setups in, in, in our various projects. Um, we then parachute in local geologists and international experts whenever we need them, uh, from wherever they come, and that's really how we uh, um, how we carry out uh, um, our our exploration and development work. Let's get into some numbers here. Talk to us about the current share structure. Well, um, a snap, you know, if we, a snapshot of the the, uh, the company at this time is as follows. Um, we've got about 65 million shares um, um, outstanding. Um, on top of that, we've got uh, um, about 1.2 million uh, uh, warrants uh, uh, um, out and uh, 2.3 uh, million uh, um, options. Uh, the, the options are exercised with 63 cents, so they're underwater at this moment in time. And the, uh, the 1.2 uh, million warrants are between 25 cents and uh, uh, 60 cents. Our major shareholders, insiders if you will, are just are almost 40% of the company. Silver Standard owns 19.9%, uh, management owns 12.3%, and then there's an, uh, um, uh, an, an, uh, a fund out of uh, Los Angeles and California, Genorica, which owns 7.4% uh, um, of the company. Um, we're currently trading around about uh, 24, 25 uh, uh, cents Canadian, 
and uh, so it gives us a market cap of somewhere between 15 and 16 uh, 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 million dollars. Uh, we have absolutely no debt at this moment in time. It's always uh, fun to hear that there is no debt. So you're good stewards of capital. Talk to us about your burn rate. Well, our, our standstill burn rate uh, um, is about 120 thousand uh, uh, dollars a month, right? So. That's because we've got uh, uh, operations here in Argentina, but we also have got a very modest uh, uh, office in, in, in uh, um, Vancouver. That 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 uh, standstill rate does include uh, does include um, our IR and marketing uh, aspects because we pay a lot of attention to that. Um, we know that it's important for us to get our message out uh, out there so that people uh, uh, can uh, see the opportunity. Um, that exists uh, in, in the company. What are the change of control fees? There are no a, 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 a change of control fees. I mean, uh, uh, we don't have any uh, um, uh, um, poison pills or anything like that out. Uh, uh, um, um, if if a company considers, uh, uh, considers that we're worth the money and they make good the, uh, a, 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 a good bid to the shareholders, uh, um, we're always uh, very open to uh, 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 look at uh, what's best for the shareholders. Now, when was the last time you purchased shares and at what price? Well, I'm, I'm co-founder of, uh, um, of the uh, a, a company. Uh, uh, we've been working on this for many, many years and uh, we've, been funding, uh, we've been funding the company over all those years with our uh, personal uh, 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 funds, and uh, as a consequence, I do own a fair amount of uh, shares in the company. And as you could see, management owns any twelve percent of the company. Um, we're going to be doing an, uh, a, a private placement quite soon because we're getting low on funds, and uh, I'm certainly going to be participating at that. And I think that uh, um, we're probably going to come out at around uh, uh, about twenty cents uh, um, on that. So I'll be acquiring additional shares at 20 cents. Multi-layered question here. What is the next unanswered question for Abraplata? When should we expect results? And what determines success? Well, I think that what's going to uh, uh, um, really uh, uh, kickstart is are the results from the PEA. Um, we've been working on the results and they're not finalized. And of course, I cannot disclose them at the moment. Uh, 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 suffice to say um, that I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised uh, uh, with that. It's certainly uh, it, it's certainly a an, an, a really good deposit. Um, it's in a, in a in a good jurisdiction. Um, it's uh, it's it's technically a quality uh, project, and size-wise, it's quite uh, uh, it, it's really quite considerable. So uh, um, it's not something that maybe. Barrick would get uh, interested, but certainly um, I think a lot of the solar companies are going to get quite excited uh, uh, about this one once we uh, uh, come out with the, the PEA. So I think that PEA is probably the next milestone that is going to be uh, uh, meaningful. In the meantime, uh, when we raise the, the money, we're going to be uh, uh, we're going to be allocating that not only to moving uh, finalizing the PEA and moving that. Uh, uh, through uh, uh, PFS, uh, but we want to do all this uh, drilling for uh, the deep gold zone, and the infill drilling uh, to add to the resources in Oculto, and then drill off all these uh, um, the, these uh, satellite deposits, which are quite small. So it's gonna it's gonna take some drilling, but uh, it's not going to be uh, uh, too onerous. And we're hoping to do that simultaneously. Uh, in a twin track approach um, in the next 18 months uh, to two years as we bring this thing to a definitive study. So you'll see you'll see the PEA come out with a certain uh, uh, indicated resource. Then hopefully the PFS is going to come out with a larger uh, 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 um, indicated resource. And finally, the full feasibility study. Willem, what keeps you up at night that I forgot to ask? Well, I, what keeps me up at night, uh, we brought a lot of people into the company uh, um, and, and we, uh, a lot of people uh, uh, believe, uh, believe in us and uh, uh, believe in the narrative 
uh, really think that this is an, uh, a great opportunity. Um, so we have a lot of responsibility to those people, as well as to any new shareholder, uh, to make sure that we're adding value all the time. And uh, it's never, it never goes in straight lines. It's, there's always ups and downs. And so you can imagine when it's a little bit down, it's certainly, uh, it, it's certainly that keeps me, it keeps me up uh, at, uh, at night. But we have a lot of faith, and we, we're, we're lucky to have a number of shareholders that similarly have that faith um, that this is, this is going to be uh, uh, an, uh, um, a very well worth uh, an endeavor. You know, you alluded to financing here. Can you share with us the uh, financing details? Well, um, what we, we, we want to do in a large financing on the back of the PEA, right? And uh, that's going to come out in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in, in some, sometime in, in, in early February. And we want to try and raise $5 million uh, uh, on that. And the reason, uh, 5 million US or six point, approximately 6.5 million Canadian. And the reason we want to do that is because as part of our uh, agreement with Silver Standard, um, uh, their 19.9% vests after what's called in the agreement a qualifying financing of five million US dollars or more. So every time we do a smaller financing, then we have to top up Silver Standard one, uh, to 19.9%. Once we do a qualifying financing, then Silver Standard either dilutes or has to pay, uh, uh, has the right to maintain their, uh, their, their 19.9%. So that's, that's an important uh, uh, step, and we want to do that on the back of the PEA, because we think the PEA is going to give a lot of confidence to people uh, when they see that uh, um, the, 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 the uh, extremely robust economics of this project. And this financing, we want to make sure that our listeners are well aware, this is for accredited investors. Willem, for someone listening that wants to get more information about Aberplata Resource Corp. and the financing, please share the website and the contact details. Our website number is quite simple. It's www.abraplata.com. And uh, Rob Brueggemann, our investor relations uh, person, uh, can be uh, um, accessed at Rob at uppraplata.com or his phone number is plus one four one six eight eight four three five five six and last but not least please visit our website www.provenandprobable.com where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space you may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com Willem Fuchter of Abra Plata Resource Corp. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.